How y'all doing today? Come on, what a great day to be in church together. <clears throat> Worship the Lord. I am so excited for this morning, this morning, this morning. Come on, everybody. It is a great day to be together. I got some good news for you today. Y'all excited for, y'all ready for some good news? Come on now. I don't know if you've been, if you watch national news or the cycles of social media, but I'm ready for some good news. I got some good news for y'all today. Welcome to LifePoint Church. My name is Mike Burnett. I get to serve with my wife as pastors here, and our team is just such an, an amazing team. Our staff, our pastors, our whole team, we're so honored to serve you. And we want to say welcome and thank you if it's your first time with us or the first time back in a long time. We're kind of in that season where a lot of folks are coming back, and we want to say a big welcome to you. Uh, as Pastor Christian said earlier, that QR code is that is your gateway into LifePoint Church. Like whether you're a first time guest or you're ready to join the dream team, get on the next step, sign your kids up for camp this summer. Come on, we wanna have you make those connection points. And a big hello to everybody who is joining us by video. And today's message is video everywhere because I wanted to share the news for the day and also uh, preach kind of a family style message for us as a church family. But joining us at our Austin P State University campus, those of you that are in, uh, in the auditorium there, those who are in Chandler, Arizona at our East Valley Dream Center location. And a big welcome to everybody joining us online. We wanna say a big what up to all of you guys watching all around the world. Come on, let's say hello to our church family today. It is a fun day to join us. I promise if this is your first time, you came on a great day because you're gonna see a little bit behind the scenes. You're gonna hear some of the good news about our church. And so I need everybody to grab your smartphone. Come on now, I know Pastor Christian, Pastor Mark, they'll come up here and say, get your phone and scan this. Everybody grab your smartphone right now. Come on, I want you to scan this QR. I'm looking at you. I can see you not grabbing your phone. Come on. Jesus, you guys, like, you're not invisible to me. Grab your phone and grab this QR code because today is the day we give our annual report, everybody. This is one of my favorite Sundays, and I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Uh, we don't do, like, a Sunday night business meeting annually. It's hard to do with multiple locations in multiple cities now. So we just make it part of our worship service, and we just celebrate what the Lord's doing as part of our worship time together. So on the front end, I want to say thanks for your generosity, and today... We are gonna celebrate what God has done through you this year as a church because of your serving, your inviting, your baptizing, your showing up, your worshiping, and your faithfulness, and through your giving. So everybody grab this QR code and you can follow along with me. And if you'd like a paper copy, we have this available at our Rossview location, at our Welcome, uh, Welcome Center. Of course, you can stop by any day during the week to grab one. But before we read through this, remember I said we got some good news. Before we hear it, I want us to take a moment and just honor the Lord of this church. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of LifePoint. This is his church and we are his people. Listen, these are his baptisms. You clap too soon because I'm gonna have you do it again in a second. These are his baptisms. These are his campuses. These are Jesus' properties. These are his success story. We give Jesus Christ all the credit, all the glory, all the honor for the good things he has done. So everything we read about today is what God is doing in his church. Can we take 10 seconds and shout, come on for real, to Jesus, give God the highest praise. Come on, everybody. Um, if you end up with a paper copy, you'll see it. Uh, I'm really excited about these, but uh, Stephanie and I are honored to serve you as always as your pastors. And uh, let me just tell you, some of the things that have happened just this year. Now you gotta remember like attendance in churches all across the country is, is down everywhere, but how many of you know the kingdom of God still continues forward? Can I hear an amen, everybody? We saw 300 baptisms in our church this year, 1,063 
people within our church in all locations serving on our dream team. If you're new, you don't know what Next Steps or dream team is, that's language that we use. Next Steps is our class to get you into your next step, right? Membership, et cetera. And so we had 200 people graduate through our Next Steps class. And I do wanna tell you like, of all the things we celebrate, that needs to come up. Amen. Don't amen me if you ain't been through the class. You are not allowed to amen that. So we're gonna ask everyone that's not gone through our Next Steps class to take that step this year, in this month, this quarter, and let's get through it. But 200 people have graduated through our Next Steps class and said yes to joining the Dream Team, yes to membership, and yes to being a part of LifePoint Church. These are people who are just experiencing life change. What I love about our baptisms numbers in particular, it's mostly adults. I mean, we, we'll, we'll baptize your kids, we'll dunk them twice if you pay us good, but we, we, um, we love seeing adults come to faith in Jesus. Statistically, most people come to faith before the age of 18, and to be a church where adults are coming to faith is a huge testament of the kind of folks that you are and the kind of church that you are where people are welcome. Speaking of, the best thing that we do at LifePoint is not our Sunday experience or our online experience. That is great, we put a lot of energy into that. It's the biggest thing we do, but the best thing we do is life in small groups. The only way for a large church to feel connected and to feel small is for you to get into a small group. This is where we say uh, pastoral care, fellowship, discipleship, that's where this happens. If you come from a traditional church background, maybe you grew up in church with Sunday school classes, people love their Sunday school classes. I've known of churches where they tolerate their preacher because they love their Sunday school class. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that's why you're here because you love your small group and you put up with me. So that's fine too. This is the best thing that we do. And I'm so excited. The highest numbers we've ever seen. 615 people agreed this year to host a small group. We had 406 small groups happening in 2021 and 3,033 of you were participating in small groups this year. Come on somebody, that is great news. That's exciting news. Man, that's exciting. Okay. Uh, you guys served in new ways. We're trying to inc increase our opportunities to serve. We find the annual serve day was always a great day for a big crowd. So we'd started doing them quarterly. Uh, in addition, we have an outreach director who's giving us opportunities to serve whenever there's a disaster within a couple hours of us. Of course, you guys all stepped up, many of you did, in December and January to help with tornado victims in, in Kentucky. But we had four serve days actually calendared, and we will again this year, every quarter. We sent out teams on eight different mission trips. In fact, we have a team coming back today from Vegas who are working uh, with Free International, one of our partners, to find and rescue uh, women and children, particularly caught up in human trafficking. And they were able to rescue over 40 girls this last week in Vegas. Come on, praise the Lord for that. That is awesome. Vegas is the only state in America with legalized prostitution and brothels on the strip and off the strip. And they were able to literally go into some of these brothels and do ministry and pray with women and pray with people. And they, they gave out 33,000 pounds of food to families in need this week in Vegas. I just love what we're doing. My goal as the pastor is to see us having 52 trips a year somewhere in the world. We're gonna get there and Mike Campbell and our team, they're gonna help us get there. Can I hear an amen, everybody? You participated in two major disasters this year. We had over 250 projects that we participated in with all of our annual serve day projects and 2,100 people served this year, 2,160 people served making a difference. How many of you know it's not just, we don't want you just serving in the house, we want you serving on behalf of your church family and serving in the city. Can I hear a big amen somebody? Well, we have a number of campuses, of course our Rossview campus, which we are back in for services and using video for this location as well. And honestly, uh, our second and third service at this location are full again. In fact, if you're a part of one of those services, we'd love for you to move to our 7.30 service. Come on, that's where the anointing is. That's where the Holy Ghost 
is at. That's where all the people with good smelling cologne are at. I mean, that's the service, you know what I'm saying? Or go to our noon service where there's still room there as well. But our Rossview campus continues to grow. But our biggest campus by far is all of you that are watching me on your iPhone and your jammies right now. Come on, our online campus, Pastor Christian is doing a phenomenal job leading. And we've, it's new to all of us to have an online church that has small groups and opportunities to serve and ways to engage people all around the world. 193,000 plus devices streamed our services this year. That's, that's amazing, y'all. I mean, that's incredible numbers. We're in 35 states regularly and 45 countries that we've reached this year. We've got people all, when I say all around the world, I, I literally mean that. We've got folks on the other side of the planet that are tuning in weekly to LifePoint Church as well as all around the United States. And look, if you'll get 15 or more of you in your state, we might come there for a campus, especially Hawaii, uh, Fiji. Man, we just believe the Lord's calling us to suffer in Cancun. God bless you. Those of you in the Dominican Republic, any beach cities, we are coming in Jesus' name. Do I have any volunteers to help stand up a campus? Come on, we're coming. Praise the Lord. Uh, also, we reopened our Austin P State University campus this year. Come on, now that's big news. Big news. Listen, the, when, when the pandemic hit, the schools, all the schools shut down and we waited patiently. We kept praying for that opportunity. And honestly, it felt like we had lost a lot of energy and momentum, but man, that campus is, is growing and it's gonna get better. In fact, I wanna ask people at every location, if you're in Clarksville, particularly like the challenge with our Austin P campus at this point is we don't have Kid Point uh, because the school won't allow us to have it. But I wanna tell you, if, if you're a, a, a couple that don't need kids ministry and you wanna make a massive difference reaching the next generation, I'm gonna talk about this a lot today. You wanna reach the next generation, Give up your seat at Rossview and go to our Austin P campus. Pastors Jordan and Aaron Smalley are phenomenal leaders. We have an amazing dream team there. And I'm, I'm inviting you, in fact, telling you right now, go to our Austin P campus and help reach that campus for Jesus. They're killing it over there and it's a great location. I'm so proud of our team there. And we stood up a location in Phoenix, Arizona, Chandler, Arizona this year, our East Valley Dream Center. The leaders there, Danny and Giovanni, are doing an amazing work to reach that part of Phoenix Valley and they called us and said, Pastor Mike, man, we wanna to connect to LifePoint. We listen to you guys every week and we love what God's doing. And, and the people started asking like, hey, is this a church? Is this a church? They were doing outreach and serving. And they said, no, we're not really a church. Go to a church. And they go, well, we wanna to come to church with you guys. And Danny and Giovanni called and said, can LifePoint be our church? Yes. So I wanna right now look in the camera and tell everyone in Chandler, Arizona at our East Valley Dream Center location and our, you, we are church family together. We get to do this and we are taking ground for Jesus together. We love you, we love you. And that location is growing and it's gonna become a church, y'all. I'm just telling you, get ready, get ready. Some of y'all may feel called to move to Phoenix. Uh, some of you, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I, I was gonna make a bad joke, but. I'm gonna leave it. Basically, I, but here's the joke. I was gonna say, some of y'all, we want you to leave. So, it's true. Anyway, all right, hey, can we talk money? Can we talk money for a minute? Now, you know, as a church, like, I, I, I wanna be a, a low pressure leader when it comes to generosity. I'm gonna tell you what God's word says. I'm gonna ask you to give according to the word of God. We believe the Bible tells us, encourages us, directs us to bring a tithe to the Lord and we give 10% of our income to the Lord through his local church. And then beyond that, God will give us opportunities to give offerings. So you don't give an offering until after you've brought your tithe. The tithe is an act of worship, it's a gift to God. 
And the offering is opportunities God gives you beyond that. It's a, it's a matter of cheerfulness and trust to the Lord. Well, every bit of the income of this church comes from your generosity and your giving tithes and offerings. Well, as an organization, legally, uh, we're required to give shareholders, if you would, or, or donors uh, an annual report. That's why we're doing this on this Sunday. As a 501c3, we bring an annual report to you. But we also have to be really wise stewards in how we manage the resources that you are giving in obedience to God. How many of you are thankful for people who are smart handling the money? It ain't me. It's a team of people that are smart. I just take all the credit. Okay, so this last year, more than ever before, you gave. And it's amazing during times of national crisis and pandemic when inflation is up and there's all kinds of other pressures, I think the church, we just live in a different set of standards. We live in a different way and you gave more than you ever have before, $7,683,585. That's the most this church has ever seen in a year, ever, ever, ever. But we're not a storehouse, we're a ministry and so we have to move the money that you provide through tithing and, and giving generously and offerings. And so we, we gave and spent and used this ministry, this money to do ministry, to be a blessing to others. And I'm, I'm really excited to show you how we did that this year. Uh, we also plan, there's a scripture that says, in the house of the wise, there's always some left over, but a fool devours everything he has. So I think it's foolish to spend everything that comes in. We wanna plan. We have a robust emergency fund and we are able to run this church if, if an apocalypse hit and all money means nothing and we can pay our bills, which I guess we won't have to because there's, anyway, moving on. So we kept the savings and, and we planned for that. We budgeted for that. So you have a breakdown here of how we broke down uh, the income of this church. And if you don't know this about LifePoint, we never live at the top of the income of this church. So what we do and how we plan for our, our budgeting is we look at last year's income and, and whatever that was, which was this number for 2021, and we say, what's 90% of that? So we take 10% off the top and we just move it into savings or, or future funding. And so we take the 90% dollar amount and then we build a 100% budget out of that number. By the way, I encourage all of you to do this with your family. If you ever feel like you ran out of money before you ran out of month, change your budget. Yeah, I can talk about that for a long time. So here's how we broke down the annual budget. It's really in four major categories. First of all is missions. We always give 10% of, of the income of the church away. That's our church planting, our missions partners, anyone that calls for benevolence, uh, any, of our, any of our partners for missions overseas throughout the U.S., that comes right out of this category, 10%. How many of you know the Lord tells us to tithe, and so we as a church are going to tithe as well, and that's how we're able to do that. The entirety of this church was run on 13%, all the ministries, kids ministry, student ministry, worship team, camera production, all the online stuff was done at 13%, which I wanna give a shout out to our team right now for running this church at 13% on ministry. That's amazing, amazing, amazing. We can plan for up to 20, but they came in under budget and I'm really proud of them for that. Our building, our hard costs, all of that, we have a mortgage, I'm gonna tell you about it in just a second. We have a mortgage, uh, we also have bills. Come on somebody, we gotta pay our taxes, we also have to pay our power bill, and y'all love it cold, so we pay our AC bill. All those hard costs, insurances, et cetera, 35%, and then our operating expenses, which includes our salaries and, and all the things to keep, like subscriptions and all the kind of things to just do the work of ministry. In the scriptures, you always see that the priests and the Levites and the ministers are provided for by the people as part of the budget of the house. So, so this allows us to keep your team employed and their families taken care of as well. So this is the budget breakdown, and we have... Uh, is, 
as many details of that uh, as you need are available here. Of course, we always have somebody that asks for more details and you can email our CFO for that if you need it. But this is one of the things I wanted to highlight and bring your attention to. In addition to all of the stuff that we did in the highest giving year in a pandemic, we've had more benevolence need than ever before and we were able to, to do things very lean. We also paid down on our principal balance of our debt, $2,063,229 that we paid down on the debt of this church. You gotta always read the room. It's not always popular to say this, but how many of you excited to be debt free? Yeah, that's very true. We're gonna get there. We're gonna pay off this building and probably have to build another one. <laughs> Praise the Lord, we'll get there. God's will, God's will be done. Uh, so in 2021, we were under budget. We paid every bill. We were able to give generously every time a need arose. We saved money and financially we were very healthy. You are giving into a place that is trustworthy, good seed, and is making a difference. I just wanna encourage you that your giving here is not flippant. We don't take it lightly. We actually give very strict attention to how well we manage the money of God's house. Can I hear an amen, everybody? So now I wanna bring your attention to this 10% piece and show you how we broke it down because it's the biggest year we've ever done. If you remember, the total income is 7.6 million, which means 10% of that would be 760 something thousand. And here it is, we actually beat it over 760,000. In our planned missions giving, we gave $787,000 away, 23% of that to US missionaries, 32% to international, 24 to local impact, some of our partners here in the region. We gave 10% to church plant, church planting and 11% to general missions. So your generosity allowed us to give just budgeted 787,000. And then through additional opportunities, uh, outreach opportunities, crisis events, and missions through One Day to Feed the World in the fall and our water filter project last year, you gave an additional 676,442. In total this year, on top of all the things we did, we gave away to missions partners and to other organizations $1.464 million to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I am so excited for that. Praise God. And in fact, um, now more came in, in particular in disaster relief, I was asking because in December alone, you guys gave $500,000 towards disaster relief, but it's January and February that we've been able to distribute that money. And so that'll actually show up on next year's um, report. But you actually get, you guys gave more and we're still giving that out as well. In fact, I got a call yesterday. Uh, there was a grant given that would match dollar for dollar that $500,000 that you gave, all that's remaining, they'll match dollar for dollar and double that money. So in fact, it's gonna go twice as far now. Praise God for that as well. Hey, just so you have perspective, when I became pastor here um, 12 years ago this summer, the first year of total income and tithes and offerings and giving to this church was about $80,000. So in 12 years, we've gone from income of 80,000 to, I mean, that's 18 times that much that we gave away, not including what came. I just wanna thank you for your generosity. You're an amazing church and I thank you so much for trusting God. And here's, here's what I believe about this. With everything that God is doing through his church, he's gonna bless your family. He's gonna bless your house. He's gonna do things in you. And I've watched families over the years that start trusting the Lord and tithing and giving and it changes you. I mean, we're able to do this and we do it in the name of Jesus and in the name of you but it changes your household as well. So I'm excited for that. And I do wanna give you a debt update. I haven't done this um, really officially ever, but in March, 2017, I'm really motivated right now. Are y'all in a good mood still? Isn't this exciting? Okay, well, 
Thank you for that moderate clap. So in 2017, in March, 2017, five years ago, we opened the building at our Rossview location. It's hard to believe we've already been in this building for five years. And when we opened it, we had a, a total loan just over $9 million. And uh, man, for a church of 3,000, the income was a little over two and a half million. I mean, having $9 million in debt felt like a lot of money, <laughs> you know, a lot of debt. And man, I'm so thankful. We're, we're working with a local bank, F&M, and they have just done tremendous work to help us. We even got to refinance our, our loan uh, two years ago, and it's just been tre tremendous. We love our partnership there with F&M. But we've also worked really hard to stay ahead of our debt. We always make extra payments. We've never missed a payment, never been late a day on our payment. And so in, in November, I met with our CFO and our board to work on a plan to get aggressive okay. with eliminating our current debt. It's not that we may not ever have another one again, but I wanna get out of this debt uh, as aggressively as possible. In fact, we had some more margins that had come in and we are actually this week, we're gonna write another $500,000 check of principal towards the debt of this church, which brings our overall debt from 9 million in 2017, just five years ago, our overall debt will be now 3,743,199. Now, how you doing? Can I tell you my desire? I would love by December of 2023 to retire this completely. In two years, Here's the thing, can you imagine when you have no debt and that payment is back, what you can do for the kingdom of God? The churches we can plant every month. Our payment right now is about $65,000. And every two months we could plant a new church with that same payment. I mean, just a mat, and then we can prepare to build another location on our north side of town and, and prepare to plant new churches and raise up leaders in-house to send them to the nations. I believe our church needs to be a mission sending, church plant sending, ministry sending organization. I, I'm so thankful for the season that we've had here, but it is my goal in the next two years to work together to get this debt completely paid off. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Can we celebrate the Lord today, everybody? How great would it be one day, how great would it be one day to celebrate not only being debt-free, but then using the income of this church to, to do things forever forward in cash as best as we can? I'm telling you, I, our, our team is really smart. We have a great CFO, and he's got a team that helps him, and our, our uh, CPA, who's also our board treasurer, like, it, it's an amazing team to work with, but I promise you, we are gonna safeguard the giving that you give here. We believe in the future of this church. We believe that the next pastor is some student probably right now or kid and kid point, depends on how long I wanna stay, I guess. <laughs> we celebrate lives change. We celebrate how you're serving and how you're inviting others in the baptisms. This is not a money report. This is a celebration of what God is doing in his church. As a 501c3, we're obligated to share finances with you. So we do that as a Sunday service because it reminds us to be a part of our worship time, how good our God is. We love Jesus, we love his church, and we celebrate what God is doing in us and through us. I promise to keep layers of accountability and healthy leadership and financial practices here as long as I'm your pastor. I don't know what the next guy's gonna do, but as long as I'm the guy, you know what I'm saying? That should, okay, no, that's fine. Are you excited today? Isn't that good news, everybody? Praise the Lord, man. We got lots to celebrate. All right, hey, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 11. That is our financial report. Thank you for all of you who receive it. And uh, if you'd like a paper copy, we have them in 
our Welcome Center at our Rossview campus. And those of you who are, of course, digitally connected to us, you keep, that, keep that link on your QR code as well. In the book of Acts chapter 11, we have gotten to a place where um, the church is now growing, but it's at the furthest it's ever been from Jerusalem. In fact, we're in cities and nations that are hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem. And Jesus said that this would happen, that my, the gospel would go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So far, we've been seeing salvation happen to guys like Saul. We watched Stephen get stoned to death. We've seen Peter preaching to thousands, being imprisoned, being, imprisoned, being beaten within an inch of his life. And then uh, we have the Lord dealing with Peter about his heart for foreigners, particularly non-Jews and Gentiles who needed the Lord. Now, if you remember, Peter discriminated against non-Jewish people and he didn't really like the, to share the gospel with him, but God gave Peter a powerful vision about saying, hey, I'm making these people clean. Don't ever call people common again. Have a heart for all folks. And then God led Peter to meet with a guy named Cornelius, a Roman centurion, the same group of people that crucified Jesus now are needing the gospel of Jesus, right? So Peter is going to this Roman centurion named Cornelius to witness to him and his whole family and revival hits this town called Caesarea and many Gentiles, non-Jewish people are now hearing of this faith and coming to faith in Jesus. Well, that kind of revival excites all of us, right? Church folks love to hear about revival, but religious, angry religious people um, don't really like when you upset their way of living. And this type of religious growth brought attention to this new Christian way of life, and it brought attention away from this Roman and Jewish hybrid of culture and life and it was disrupting people. It was disrupting the Roman rulers. It was disrupting the Jewish rulers. And for the Christians, they're celebrating, but all of a sudden there's intense persecution uh, amongst these new believers in Jesus because it's disrupting their way of life. And those who were enmeshed between Jewish tradition and Roman law and Roman paganism, their world is getting rocked because all of a sudden these new Christians are saying, no, Caesar's not king, Jesus is king. And we don't, hey, we're not gonna bow down to you anymore ever. And to the Jewish traditionalists, they're saying, we're not following the, the mandates of Judaism. We're gonna follow this new teachings, these new teachings of Jesus. And for this new faith to take off, changing lives means it changed livelihood for some pretty powerful people. That created pressure for this new faith system that we know of as Christianity. And we get excited about changed lives, but man, that, that pressure brought persecution. And I believe that the pressure did something for God's kingdom. One thing about Christianity, you may not have known this, but you can read the history books. Every time you put Christianity under pressure, it grows. Every time you put Christianity under the microscope, it just gets stronger. And we see this in the book of Acts. And I'm telling you, we're, we're living in a day today where there's a lot of pressure against Christians and our views on certain things that we've just held for centuries. There's a lot of pressure right now uh, in microscopes under the Christian, over the Christian faith. But I'm here to tell you, pressure will produce more growth and more kingdom advance than ever before. So we're gonna pick up in the book of, book of Acts chapter 11, we're gonna pick up in verse 19. And I've titled the message today, The Church Keeps Moving Forward. How many of you know you can't keep a good man down, right, everybody? Can't keep the good church of Jesus down either. So as we get through this passage in the next few minutes, I think it's fitting for the day that we share our annual report because we have a lot to celebrate. We have a lot to celebrate and give our attention to today. And honestly, if we were doing an annual report of what's happening in the church at Antioch and Cyprus, and we'd all celebrate it too, but there are people who are very frustrated by this. Watch what's happening. So Stephen or, or Peter has 
been preaching now and he's seeing revival happen and we saw this last week and those in Jerusalem are going, who are we to stay in the way of what God's doing among the Gentiles? And then in verse 19, it says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen. Now this is going back three chapters, Acts chapter seven and eight. Stephen was this man who was seen very fondly, a man of character and faith. And he's, he's one of the leaders to help with the distribution of goods to the Hellenistic widows. And then he's arrested for his faith. And the Jewish leaders, like the, the religious people arrest Stephen. That's a crazy dream team to be on, by the way. They arrested him and they interrogate him and he preaches the gospel and he tries to invite them to follow Christ and they gnash their teeth at him and they stone him to death. If you don't remember that story, we preached on it back in the fall in Acts chapters seven and eight. And that's where we're introduced to Saul, this persecutor as well. Now, those who were scattered because of this persecution that arose over Stephen, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. These These are pretty good little clicks away and they're speaking the word to no one except to the Jews. Now, again, remembering in Acts 7, Stephen was a good man, but when he was killed, when he was stoned to death for his faith in Jesus, many of the Christians like scattered. They're like, I'm getting out of Jerusalem. This is crazy. I'm not being killed for that. But when they left, they kept preaching. They didn't leave and get silent. They just left and kept preaching in other places. They stoned him to death, but yet this persecution arises among Christians. And, and as they were scattered they were actually carrying the message of the gospel with them. It's kind of like when a bird eats a plant and scatters the seed on other fields, you know what I'm saying? Like that seed of the word of God was still in these disciples. And so they left and the faith in them was so strong that wherever they were scattered to, they brought the word. So they go to places called Phoenicia, to the island of Cyprus, and to this bustling city that would become a central city named Antioch. It was prominent, known to travelers and people with means. This was a party town. It was progressive in a lot of ways. You could live however you wanted in Antioch. Some people suggest that Antioch uh, really resembled a lot of uh, modern day culture for us here in the United States. But Antioch needed the gospel, Antioch needed Jesus, and Antioch needed the church. And so these people were persecuted out of Jerusalem and Stephen was stoned to death. So they go into places like Antioch and they don't go silently. They bring the message of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, to those Jews who were living in Antioch. In verse 20 and 21, it said, there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene. So Cyprus is this island, and Cyrene was a Roman city on the northern shore of Libya, just across the Mediterranean Sea from Greece. So if you're looking at a map, Greece is this southern uh, nation right above the north of the Mediterranean Sea, and just straight down is this place called Cyrene. These were Greek-speaking people, but some of them had Jewish traditions, but they didn't live Jewish lifestyles. That's what a Hellenist was, right? So some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. So these are people who have, they speak Greek, they don't speak Jewish, uh, they don't speak Hebrew or, or um, um, Jewish is not a language. Anyway, they're, they're speaking Greek language, but they have Jewish roots and it, that's actually the group that Stephen was responsible for caring for in Acts chapter seven, by the way, six and seven. So they're preaching the Lord Jesus. And look at this, under pressure, they're preaching. And what does it say? And the hand of the Lord was with them. Amen. That's a phrase you need to underline. How do we get the hand of the Lord with us? Do what's the heart of the Lord. 
Even under pressure, don't stop preaching. Even when it's a foreign nation, even when it's a people group that you don't know. These are Jerusalem Jews who are scattered to nations and cities they've never been in before. And they go preaching even to folks that they would probably have rejected in the previous verse that said they were preaching only to Jews. Now they're speaking to Greek, now they're preaching to Greek speaking people and they're preaching the Lord Jesus and the hand of the Lord was with them. And look at this, a great number who believed turned to God. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. Pressure produces preaching. I didn't mean, I did mean, I thought it was goofy and cheesy to make it all like pro words, but you'll remember it. Cyprus, this island, you know, uh, Cyrene, this city on the northern shore of Libya. But if you remember in Acts chapter one, Jesus said, you would take my gospel from Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And for these folks traveling, this is the furthest they'd ever been. This is now the farthest place the gospel has traveled. And they're preaching to the Hellenist Greek speakers about this Jewish Messiah. They deserved to hear the gospel too. Can I tell you something? No matter how pressured our world gets, keep preaching Jesus. No matter how chaotic things get in our world, keep preaching Jesus. I love the, the statement here. It says, the hand of the Lord was with them. You can't scare me when I got God on my side. You can't threaten me when I've got the hand of the Lord keeping me in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like to know that they were literally walking under the presence of God himself and a great number of people heard, they believed it, which means they had to hear it and they believed it and they turned to Jesus. Under great pressure, literally being pushed out of Jerusalem, they preached the gospel. Many people got saved and God's hand was upon them. Can I tell you, as difficult as our world gets, keep preaching Jesus. If politics get crazier, keep preaching Jesus. If inflation rises higher, keep preaching, preaching Jesus. If social pressures increase, keep preaching Jesus. If your boss and coworkers get angrier, keep preaching Jesus. If your family falls apart, keep preaching Jesus. If you lose your job, your health weakens, if you have any sort of troubles, keep preaching Jesus. I'm convinced there may come a day when preaching parts of the Bible that we know and love will be targeted as seen as hate speech and inappropriate in our modern culture. You know what I'm gonna do? Keep preaching Jesus. Pressure in this world does not silence the gospel witness. It actually forces us to shine brighter. Preach Jesus, keep preaching Jesus, keep telling people the only way to God is by faith and surrender to Jesus Christ. Keep inviting people to your small group, sit with them at your church service, invite them to be baptized, study the word with you and bring the, your kids to Kid Point. Keep preaching Jesus, send them to students. When someone dies in your family, tell the rest of the family about Jesus. When someone disagrees with you about Jesus, tell them the truth about Jesus. Pressure doesn't stop the gospel and trust that the hand of the Lord will be with us. That's why I like this annual report. You know what these testimonies are? That we've stayed focused on our mission. We've kept preaching Jesus. We're seeing people baptized. We're getting them into small groups. We're moving people closer to Jesus. I think as long as we do that, we're gonna keep seeing numbers up and to the right. You know why? Because the hand of the Lord is upon this church. So keep preaching Jesus and let's encourage the move of God. Watch what happens next. So they're preaching and many people come to the Lord. These Hellenists are hearing the word and they're believing and they're turning to God. And verse 22 says, the report of this came to the ears of the church. That's what this is. It's our annual report coming to your eyes and ears. See what I did there? I made it all work. <laughs> the report of this came back to the church. How many of you know when good things happen, we need to talk about that? 
We're so busy talking about bad news. Stop sharing bad news this week. I just encourage everybody, share what God's doing in your church. When the good news comes, let's share that. When the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, hundreds of miles away, they sent Barnabas. Oh man, here comes Barnabas again. Everybody needs a Barnabas in their life, right? Son of encouragement. They sent Barnabas to Antioch, this crazy town. Verse 23, when he came and he saw the grace of God and was glad, he was glad and he exhorted them, look at this, to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Man, I don't know if you got a guy like this in your life, but you just need someone to cheer you on. You just need someone, I will be your huckleberry, man. I will cheer you on all day long. You got some good news, tell me. I'm excited, I wanna see it, I'll have, I'll see the grace of God, I'll be glad with you. Got a promotion, praise the Lord, I ain't jealous of that. Got some extra cash, awesome, praise God. Had a great Valentine's with you, boo, come on somebody. He exhorted them, he didn't come in, try to control and manipulate and take charge, he comes in to fan the flame. Can I encourage us to encourage when God is moving in the earth? He said, stay faithful to God, stay on purpose. Man, I love this. Quick. It ain't gossip when it's good news. Can I hear an amen, everybody? When it's gospel news and it's news worth sharing. I want us to be that kind of church, that kind of people. Man, stop reposting more drama. Your repost ain't changing nobody's life. If you think you changed all the people you disagree with by reposting somebody else's stuff, you're wrong. But I'm gonna tell you what will change lives, some good news. Man, guess what God did in my church this year? We paid off $2 million. We gave a million point four to, to missions last year. We are raising up churches. We launched a campus at Austin. Come on, somebody, let's celebrate good stuff. Amen. Let me tell you some other good news about your church, by the way. It's not in the report, but parents, did you know that your middle and high school students are missing out on one of the greatest things we do at LifePoint Church by not coming to student ministry on Wednesday nights? It's one of the best things we got going here. It is amazing. Leaders, are you looking for a great team to serve and invest in the next generation? Wednesday night, 6.30, our Rossview campus, Pastor Jeray and Alex are crushing it as student ministry pastors here. And also our student leaders that are leading small groups and caring for your kids. Listen, your students need to be in student ministry. It's our small groups for students. It is an amazing way for them to have a connection to the Lord and to his church in the middle of the week. This summer, our students are heading out for a week of camp. We've already had about 80 students sign up. And we want your kids to come. This is great news of what God's doing. We call it Camp Live Different. Listen, we want you to be a part of this. If you got middle school and high school kids, listen, quit making them busy with all kinds of other craziness. Get them in the house of God. Come on. Our Kid Point team is crushing it. Man, what a great place to grow. If you wanna grow as a leader, get on that team. Our Austin P campus, amazing location for you to attend on Sundays. I would encourage you to get over there and help us reach that campus. Our Usher Dream Team, God bless our ushers, man. They are killing it, especially in our big services where they have to gently move people in tighter together. I don't know if you know this, but our worship and production team, they get here before 6 a.m. on a Sunday to serve, and they're here all day. They don't serve one, sit one. They serve four and sit one, man. They are here just blowing it out of the park. I'm so proud of our worship production team, parking lot teams on fire. Man, I want you to know where God is moving and let's celebrate that. Did you know your missions giving is literally changing the world? We've helped complete a seminary in Tanzania this year that will launch and plant, help plant 30,000 churches in the next 15 years. Two church planting schools that we're gonna help build this year through your giving to help plant churches all around the continent of Africa. 
Just this week, we had a team in Vegas working with Free International to help find and rescue young girls caught in human trafficking. Did you know we're reaching families in Chandler, Arizona? We get to be a part of preaching, preaching the gospel. Come on, man, let's encourage some things that God is doing. Look what it said about Barnabas. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. I don't know if you're this kind of person or not, but I wanna be known like Barnabas. Ain't nothing ever bad said about Barnabas so far in the scripture. I wanna be a guy when I show up, people are glad I come. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you the kind of person when you log into the internet, the whole world's like excited about you coming on? When you show up at work, are they excited that you show? Are you an encourager? Are you encouraging the move of God in this world? Be an encourager of what God is doing. Post about it, repost about it. Share with your friends what God's doing in your church and through the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? Send your students to camp. Plus, it's a week off from your kids, y'all. <laughs> Finally, I want to challenge you with something very specific. Give God a year of your life. Give God a year of your life. Verse 25 and 26, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Remember Saul, the persecutor who got saved, gave his life to Jesus? And then they sent him away because he was under some intense heat with the religious leaders. They want to kill him now. He was the guy hunting Christians. Now they're hunting him. So they told Saul a few chapters ago, go home, go to your hometown, Tarsus, Roman city. So now Barnabas, this is a year later or so, a couple years later maybe, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch, this city where all these people are giving their lives to Jesus. And for a whole year, look at this, they met with the church and they taught a great many people. And then in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. This is where they, the word Christians and this actually wasn't like a positive term. It was like saying, oh, you're a, you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan or you're a Titans fan or you're a, Christ, you're a Christ follower. It was meant as a slam against because of all the other religious groups that were, well, these are the Christ people. They're known different. They worship on Sundays. They're generous. My goodness, they're so generous. Man, they pray all the dang time. You know, it was like they didn't know what to do with them. So they called them Christians, little Christs. I'm okay with that label. But look here, they, this is the part I wanted to stay with. They met for a year doing church stuff. They met for a year meeting with the church and teaching the word. Man, can I just invite you to give God a year of your life? Can I invite you to give God a year of your life, particularly in the areas you haven't given him yet? Listen, they spent a year doing God stuff. Can you go all in this year with Jesus? Give God your time in the word, give God your time in prayer, give God your schedule to serve, give God your wallet to give, give God your heart to do for other people. I love how this passage gives us a real timeline. And here's what I know, like, like we report these annually. So what if between now and the next report, everything grew because you gave God a year of what he has asked for us to do? See, we have a vision at our church, we have a plan and we believe it matters but, but I also believe if you'll give God a year of your life on his plan, you'll be a different person. You'll change. I wanna challenge you in the areas of this church. Would you give God a year? And I, I'm gonna be blunt about it and I've never felt so serious about it either because I think the world we're living in needs a fearless and committed church. Would you give God a year of your life to live out his plan? Listen, let God direct how you live the next 12 months of your life. We believe in the steps we teach at this church because we believe it's what God's laid out for us in scripture. So, so let me encourage you with the following things and then we're gonna close in prayer. First of all, for the next year, attend your church faithfully. 
Don't flip around on channels and YouTube stations, and especially those of you that are in town and online. Attend your church faithfully. Show up. Get in the room. Go to our Austin P campus and blow that room out. I'd love to launch into two services by the end of this year at that location. But attend your church faithfully. You can't serve from your sofa. You can't lay hands on the sick from a screen. You got to get in the room and get around some people. Get in your church faithfully. If you're in some other city, find a local church and get there. Second, commit to joining a small group, no matter what campus you're part of, Rossview, Austin P, Chandler, Arizona, online, it doesn't matter what campus you're part of, get into a small group, discipleship, fellowship, share the gospel with somebody, like, like get in a conversation about Jesus. We believe the big services are great, but the, the small groups are best. Third, would you get plugged into church membership and to serving by attending our Next Steps class. Listen, we, I feel like sometimes we're beating a dead horse, we're just begging people to do what God tells us, like join your church and serve other people. But you can go during our Sunday services at our Rossview campus, you can go at our Austin P campus after service, in Chandler they have this available for you, and online it's available to you as well. Check with your online campus pastor and host. But go through our Next Steps class. Give God a year of membership in your church. Say, I'm all in. I'm gonna give like he says. I'm gonna pray like he says. I'm gonna be a member of the house like God has asked us to do. And then fourth, would you commit this year to stepping up and joining a dream team and serving other people, serving our kids, serving next generation in particular, young adults, college students, high school and middle school. Serve on dream team and just give God a year. Additionally, give like God's word says. Pray like God's word teaches. Read your Bible like God's word tells us. Forgive people like God challenges us to forgive. Here's what I'm telling you. When I saw that Barnabas and Saul spent a year during church life and growing in the word, it challenged me. Am I doing the things that God wants for me to do? Am I living the way God wants me to live? So I wanna challenge you with this. Would you give God the next 12 months of your life in these areas? We talked about it in the Fresh Start series. I'm gonna keep pushing it during this quarter of the year. Would you give God a year of your life, living your life his way? And I believe you'll be a different person one year from now. We're gonna make it as easy as possible as a church to give you your next steps. The, the steps may be simple, but the life change may be challenging. Be faithful to be a part of your church on Sundays. Go through a small, be in a small group. Go through our next steps class. Get on a dream team. Give, pray, forgive like God has challenged us. And I promise you, in, in what we see next is continued growth, continued expansion of the kingdom of God and the hand of the Lord on the people of God. Can I hear a big amen, everybody? Hey, have you been challenged today by his word? Have you been challenged by the teaching from Acts 11? Are you encouraged by our annual report, everybody? Come on, isn't that great news? Listen, we're not done. Until Jesus returns, we got more growing and more living for Jesus to do. Come on, let me pray for you and I'll get you out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in your church. We celebrate all the great things that you have done here. Lord, we're excited about the future, but Lord, we are so thankful for the past. And God, what you've done in your church is unprecedented. God, it's unusual for us. We've never seen stats like this before at LifePoint. So God, we are so grateful for what you have done. And we don't take it lightly. We celebrate you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We lift up the name of the Most High God. And we, th we say, Lord, we commit that this year we're gonna go further into our devotion with you. We're gonna go all in with the things of God. We're gonna walk in the ways that you've asked us to walk and live the way you've asked us to live. We thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to be good news people. Help us to encourage the move of God in our lives and in the lives of others. Lord, we thank you that we get to be generous and faithful to you. And 
Lord, this church would be a, just a bright, shining spot for this region of the country. And Lord, thank you that every other church in this area would be the same exact way. We thank you, Lord, for increased devotion to Jesus, to the body of Christ, and the family of God. Lord, may your blessing be upon your people. Everybody pray this and mean it. Say, God, thank you for this year. Come on, say thank you for the word. Thank you for transformation. Thank you for life change. Say, God, I'm all in to the glory of God. I believe in Jesus, that he died for me so I can live for him. I'm all in, in Jesus' name. To God be the glory. Come on, let's celebrate today, everybody. Amen.